Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast and the season is definitely coming towards an end. But we're still here, we're still talking football, we're still talking games that have been, still talking games to come, talking football news and everything in between. Before we get started, while I've got your attention, please do consider like, share, subscribe, comment, and if you've got a spare moment or two, you could even consider leaving us a review. It means a lot to us, and it does help the podcast out, so that would be appreciated. Right, here we go, let's get going. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Recording is in progress, so that can only mean one thing. Paul, take it away. Thank you very much, Mr. Cook. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's correct. It is your latest, your latest instalment of uh, football-based chatter and hilarity and hijinks. Um, however, it's it's almost your last uh, football-based hijinks for uh, for at least a couple of months as we enter the final week of the championship season. Sorry final week of the championship regular season and then obviously we've got the playoffs or as our American brethren would call it the postseason but obviously to get there to get to that last week we've got to discuss what happened last week in the games so Mr. Cook why don't you uh, open that there book of yours and let's uh, let's go through some uh, let's go through the only the three games as I understand as there was no whole game this weekend, apparently. So I, I wanted to clarify um, a rule that uh, I think has been mentioned previously, where uh, one time per season you are allowed to uh, not discuss one game. I believe that's a rule. Isn't that right, Stu? You're allowed to pick one yep. game where you don't have to talk about it? Yep, and if, if these two, because they've had much better seasons than Hull, haven't used that to this point... Um, maybe we should use it for next week as well, although maybe that doesn't quite work, I'm not sure. I'm sorry, like, at one stage, Forrest were this. <laughs> and that rule was never never introduced to me to be uh, to, to discuss any of the misery of the first, seven, you know, what, three, four weeks of the, the, the season. I just, um, I just, hang on a minute, no, no, no. I just wanted to give him a chance to not have to talk about what happened when Bristol City took on Hull City, I just thought, I just thought maybe, Stew. So, cast your minds back an entire week when I believe I suggested that Hull might already be in the airport. Turns out, I was right. They were already on the beach. Yeah. Well, they might as well have played the entire game in flip-flops with a beer in each hand because Come on, Paul, Paul's, Paul's itching to get in there. I just want to drop this stat that apparently had, um, had, been, had been tweeted out just prior to the game. <clears throat> Shot at Avaladze's men are one of only four clubs yet to concede 
more than three goals in a match this season. They are the only team from the Championship's bottom half. So, just to reiterate, they are the one of only four clubs yet to concede more than three goals in a match this season. What was the score, Stu? Uh, Bristol City, five. Hull City, nil. I think what Paul's saying there is that um, there may be an insinuation that some new investors for the new regime may have appeared after last weekend. Uh, by, one by the name of Patrick Power and the other one, Mr. Bill Hill. is, is Potentially, it seems a little weird that that came out just before and then this happened. You're, uh, you're forgetting Mr. Joe Coral as well in there, I think. The, the only joke was, uh, was our, our scoreline in the end. So, goal scorers, purely for the book purposes, because, let's be fair, I don't really want to talk about the game that much. Um, Andreas Weiman scored on five minutes. Semenyo scored on 33 minutes. Then Chris Martin on 35 minutes, so just... That's right, just the two minutes later. And he then made it four goals on 54 minutes and Vyman again on 82. So two for Vyman, uh, one for Semenya and two for Chris Martin. Well, every cloud, as they say, Stu, every cloud. Because your team may not have gone on the pitch in that game but you certainly made the best of that situation by getting the most points in this game um, Paul you had them down for a draw you did get two of the goal scorers though so you know a couple of, couple of points there for you um, Stew, you did uh, did what's known as a, as a stew and put down the other team to win so, points there. And then, also got two of the goal scorers. So, two more points. Um, Matt, you went with a draw. No points. But got one of the goal scorers. Uh, hands up if you had to hold down to win. Hands up if you didn't put any Bristol... Just the zero points for me, and the week is off to a cracking start. I'm sure it will get much better for some of us by the end. <sighs> Middlesbrough. Apparently, I saw a little video. I, I, I saw I saw a football-based video. Middlesbrough, the team that uh, destroyed Manchester United, apparently. But they weren't playing Manchester United, they were playing Stoke City. Paul, talk to us about this game. So this, this was, as we discussed last week on the podcast, this was one of Middlesbrough's two absolutely must-win games. And they duly obliged with a 3-1 home victory. Um... A return to scoring ways for everyone's favourite tree in Mr. Matt Crooks. Managed to get himself on the score sheet in the 21st minute. The gift of the old boy, shall we say, reared its, uh, reared its delicious head 
um, in uh, ex Exborough Loney, Lewis Baker popped up and um, stuck one in his own net on the 25th minute. Um, and then Mr. Crooks scored his second of the game on the 72nd minute to make it 3 0. At this point, a, uh, a fan decided it would be a very uh, the, the, the best uh, moment of the game in about the 90th minute or so to um, send his young son or the young lad that he was with onto the pitch for a particular reason that no one really knows why, which obviously then caused the game to be stopped and additional time added on. And in that additional time added on, Stoke were able to pull a goal back through Nick Powell. So now if Borough miss out on the playoffs by one goal, I don't think that man will be very popular in Middlesbrough. He has, however, been um, been subsequent, uh, subsequently rewarded, some might say, with a lifetime ban. <laughs> Congratulations, dickhead. I'm just disappointed he didn't ban his son as well. The uh, the best thing about it was the fact that all over the uh, all over the post was the fact that everyone was just saying, "Oh, why did the son not get a ban?" Etc. Etc. And then just in there, there was a. Can we put a lifetime ban out for everyone with a uh, cardboard sign saying, can I please have your shirt? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that needs to stop immediately. So, so yes, that's that's the year. That's the first Borough game or the Stoke game broken down. Beautiful stuff. Um, It's a bit of one of them. Um... Not many points to be had amongst this one. Uh, Paul, you scored, you you secured a point by going uh, with a Middlesbrough win. That's all for you, though. I'm afraid. Uh, Stu, not a biscuit. Uh, you had a draw, and you didn't get any of the goal scorers. Matt, a Stoke City win will not get you no points. I'm afraid, and no goal scorers to boot is no points for you. Uh, I was that close to a juicy two-pointer because I had Middlesbrough 2-1. So points there. However, that's where the scoring ends. No goal scorers. So uh, between me and Paul, just a couple of points in that game. Uh, Speaking of just a couple of points in a game, um, Nottingham Forest. Swansea City. Not, Not much going on there, was there? Matt? Morning. Um, so, <clears throat> it was kind of, I, I, I was uh, keeping an eye on this, uh, on the, through the radio, and on the, uh, on the on the old kind of sky, and uh, it got to half time, and it was one each, and uh, I was quite nervous, would be the kind of thing, we got, you know, the, the old boys kind of joined in on the act, so Cyrus Christie scored an own goal for Forrest. Uh, he was on loan with Forest last season. Um, weird one because uh, initially he was sent off because he kind of Superman saved it on the line, um, and Forest having a penalty. But then they went back and checked it, and then with the fancy whatever technology they have, um, they said that the ball had actually crossed the line. So he just got booked for being a twat. Uh, was the kind of, was the, <laughs> it was the 
booking. They were not sent off, but just a booking for don't don't be grabbing don't be grabbing balls on the other side of the line. time of, of running the book sometimes you see like these weird little patterns emerge and you sometimes you, you take note so something happened in this game Paul point for you because you put Forrest down to win that's that's the end of the scoring there for you Stu point for you because you put Forrest down to win just going to skip something real quick. Come up to me. Point for me. I put Forrest down to win. That's that. So here's the here's the funny one. Um, where Stu's team lost, Stu got all the points. Like points, 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 points. Where Matt's team won, Matt got no points. You had a draw... And no goal scorers that you picked scored goals. So, a strange turn of events. Only because Surridge was a greedy getting bagged most of them. Now then, what was said earlier was that there was three games to discuss this week. That is actually not true. There are four. Do you want me to continue and wrap this puppy up with talking about... The fourth game, or do you want to talk a bit of news or what? Well, as it's as it involves Mr. Moore's team, I'll let him make the decision. We'll wrap the back. We'll rip the bandage off and get it over and done with. <sighs> okay then. Um. Just before we do, I will just remind you of what I said literally seconds ago about how weird things happen when games go a certain way. So, AFC Bournemouth went up against Nottingham Forest. Now, I believe there was nothing on the line here. There was nothing to, to be played. No? Just, just to end the season kick about. Or everything, just or everything, or just like a hundred million pounds and promotion and everything and not 
scumbag teams making up excuses about their shitty little ground falling to pieces so that they didn't have to face not playing a team that you know was no threat to them at the time. <clears throat> Further down the line. Uh, okay. I mean, it's not wrong. Let's be fair. It's not wrong. <coughs> so, how did it go in the end? Well, uh, the first half was quite an even game. Um, Forest should Forest should have had a penalty. I mean, I can't kind of thingy any kind of thing, and it's made even more. This is where I sound like a cynical, cynical bastard, but then I'm hoping that Paul and Stu will back me up with this, is that there's certain players in this country that are well-liked. They generally kind of centre around England midfielders of the past. The Bournemouth manager is one of said England midfielders of the past. That seems to be a darling of the press and seems to be a darling of things. So, in their infinite wisdom, the EFL shipped in a Premier League referee to come and do the, the Forest Bournemouth game. And my kind of shit radar was already up. Um, yeah, exactly. For the, oh look, the weird cardy jumper wearing master tactician who spent God knows how much money on players I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if it's the for him particularly if it's the ex-England thing that makes him the press darling I think it's because he thinks he's just like it with a fashion everybody has seen a guy wear a suit and a fucking cardigan mate just chill out there is no, there, he's not doing anything special, but because he dresses relatively smartly compared to his counterpart, who may be wearing a tracksuit, apparently that's a thing. Like that, that makes him like better now. Gillet and fleece, gillet and will... fleece, mate. That's what Steve Cooper rocks. Gillet and fleece. I, I think it was the the fact that when he did he because he he took over at Fulham when they were all were they already down one season or yes. Sort of on the, they were on the verge of going down. And he took, and he took over, and obviously they'd played absolutely desperately bad all season. And he basically started to get them to pass the ball a couple of times, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this this is unheard of. No one has ever passed a football before on a football pitch. He is he is groundbreaking. He is it 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 is it's unbelievable. I've never seen this before." Had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he was English. No, no, definitely not. On on the back. That's of where some of the rub comes from, though, doesn't it? Is that he's an English? He used to England England international used to be on the McDonald's advert kind of thing. So he's like had this kind of like career of people being. Like, oh, I remember the kid off the McDonald's advert. Yeah, 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 we do. Um, kind of that type of thing. So. Yeah, as someone, I think I sent it. I sent it round earlier. As someone said something about oh, Scott Parker, oh, he's done a fantastic job. And someone said, oh yeah, he played like champ man on the easy level, kind of thing. And it was like, oh, see, <laughs> the fact that I think I said it last night. You know, I don't know how much they spent on Solanke. I know they bought Solanke when they were in the in the Premiership, 
for about 20 million. I think around that. And That's then you go, you go out in, it, at Christmas and you spend 12 million, was it, on Kiefer Moore? I, I didn't think it was as, as much as that because I think he was out of contract with Cardiff. Maybe. Maybe it was. I'll have a look. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look and see what it was. But either way, I shouldn't, I'll try not to be too bitter, but we should, in the first half, should have had a penalty. Referee went in and apologised at half-time to, uh, to Steve Cooper to say, oh yeah, he wasn't offside, uh, and yeah, yeah, we've perhaps, we've perhaps balled up there. That, thanks, that makes it ten times worse. I have two, two things about that, because in a way you can kind of understand them wanting this Premier League squad of officials to come and do it, because it was an important game. The Premier League set of officials have had VAR to fall back on for however long now, so they don't have to make big decisions anymore, because they get told what to do. In that instance, to me, you would have been better off having the Championship refs go in and do it, and also, for the guys that are refereeing the Championship games... What kind of example does that set? By the way, this one's an important one, so we'll let the big boys come and do this one. You just sort yourself out. Whatever. Absolutely. Not only was that a terrible decision in and of itself, and I know it's alright saying that in hindsight now, but just the, the, the decision itself was, was a joke because everybody on the commentary paused because they were waiting for it. I think all the players even were looking at it at one point, and the referee was just like, no, you crack on, you, you crack on. I think as well, it's that it's that sort of situation where surely, in arguably what's the most important game of the championship season, do you not want a terrible championship referee to be there to like you know make bad calls for both teams, like you would in any sort of other game? There was there was times when I, watching it last night, and you know, and I, this is this is with annoyed tinted glasses disappointed tinted glasses where it was kind of like he'd been sent down to the it, it was kind of like alright yeah you in the way that it was like the kind of championship referees being like oh well obviously we're not good enough it was kind of like he, he had kind of acted as if well I'm too good for this because some of the stuff that he was letting go last night was shocking both both ways both ways I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that Forrest weren't doing dirty stuff but it was dirty stuff that he didn't don't normally get away with. Like when when you turned around and Jed Spence had half of his shirt ripped off, I was like, "When did that happen?" But obviously that's happened at some point. And you're like, "What? Well, that 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 shouldn't have happened." You know, and I've said it millions of times. So I'm not, and I'm not being a homer. Brennan Johnson is a winger, and he needs to cut it out because it's annoying. But there was times when he was shoved and pushed and grabbed and pulled down. And stuff like that, and nothing was called. Um, again, like I said, it was happening to Bournemouth players as well. So it was almost like he went, oh, I've been sent down to the Championship. It's like a Sunday league game. Go at it, lads. We'll go and get pissed in the bar afterwards. <laughs> and it was it was almost that kind of like, I think it, it was almost like he had an attitude of, I've been sent down to the Championship. It's not the same as the, as the Premier League. And you think, no, it isn't. And to be honest, in a way, there's times when I think, do I want Forrest to get promoted? Because actually, I don't want to watch Premier League football each week. 
because it's not as entertaining as the championship, in my opinion. But he lowered, I'm going to say he lowered his standards to below championship standard play. It's not a pub league. It's the next division down from the Premier League. And some of it's really good football. Some of it's better football than some of the tripe that I've seen Watford and Norwich and, um, and Burnley turn out this season, for example. Not picking not picking out on anybody. But, yeah, so, uh, but on, on reflection, you know, first half, Forrest should have had a penalty. Could have changed the game completely. Um, in the second half, Forrest weren't at the races. They weren't good enough. Um, Bournemouth dominated the second half. Um, and the goal was really poor defending. Which, which I was surprised at. How do you not pick up one of the best strikers in the in the division? I know he's not. I know he started on the bench. I know he hasn't played for them. But how do you not pick up the better? Well, you know, if it was a defender, I would have been like, fine, because you're expecting him to kick it into Rose Ned when it does come to them. But it's it's Keeper Moore. You know him. He played in the World Cup or the Euros six seven months ago. You know what this guy does. And you left him. You left him free. And at that point, I was like, "Well, yeah, that just about sums it up." So I mean, I, I didn't watch the last two minutes of the game because I was just like, "I was like, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't watch." And you know, we kind of talked about I can't watch those fans from that club charge onto the pitch and tell everybody how great they are. Um, so yeah, uh, Kiefer Moore, Forest lost one 0 I'm not, I'm not at all like the Murphys about it at all. So yeah. I think it was just more disappointing because it wasn't it it was a bit cagey in patches, but it wasn't the worst game of football. I didn't think, and they to me, like you said, both teams were kind of giving it. But I think that's the first time I've seen Forest play this season where I think they deviated from their normal plan because every other time I've seen them play, and granted, it's not every week, they've had this right. Let's go and attack it kind of attitude. Forrest went there to me last night to, to spoil the game a little bit and to try and eke out a one niller and it almost worked but I, I just I think I'd, I'd feel a bit more annoyed if I was you because because they did deviate from what's worked for them this season they weren't I, I looked at I, the, the local the lo- local paper as in the Nottingham Post gave the players grades and they gave Spence a 6 out of 10, and I was like, he wasn't a 6 out of 10 last night. He, he, I, he wasn't, there wasn't very much, he didn't do much, would be the kind of thing. Johnson was was, was poor. Uh, Surridge looked isolated. I liked the way he, he worked really, really hard. Um, Zinkenagel was busy, but kind of kicks people and stuff like that, and does the kind of, he does like stealth shitty things. Um, yeah, I don't know whether the occasion was just too big for them, which is worrying. That you know, and if if the occasion was too big for them, then they've got three, hopefully three big games coming up for them now that could quickly turn into just two. Um, if if they're not up for, I think you know, pressure. I can't help but feel that Hull have just been overlooked in that statement. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I think I think for me it was it's just one of those games where 
for everything to go right, everyone has to be absolutely on the money, and you have to everything everything has to go right for you, or you have to have a little bit of luck with certain things. And I said this to, I said this to Panas as we were watching the game. I was like, even like the second balls like weren't breaking Forest's way, and certain things like that. And you just you just feel like in those sort of like situations, it's almost as if like it's just not it's just not set up for it to be. Your team. I think. Like I think there was, the a, there was a lot of players who had off games. When I messaged my dad, and, and I think he, he he kind of summed it up right was the fact that he's like we had no one else to bring on. He's like when 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 they scored, we brought on Lolly and Mighton, and he's like they weren't going to change the game. We didn't have we didn't have another striker to put on. So we've we've lost you know we lost Davis, we lost Rabin, Surridge is you know, apparently injured and kind of battling on through something like the sheer volume of kinesio tape that he had on his leg was 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 quite quite shocking. You know, when you see it, when you can see it, then you think, oh right, okay, there's something going on there, which is worrying for, like I said, down the line. But it shows the difference between, you know, you you need to go out and win the game. You bring on another striker who, you know, who's who would be playing for most teams. Um, and we can't bring on anybody because we haven't got anybody. You kind of chuck in whoever up front to kind of hopefully snap something at the end. And to be fair, it wasn't far off. There wasn't. There's like, I think just towards the end there was a bit of they tried like a crafty free kick and like Surridge nearly kind of got got through kind of thing. But I think they called it offside when that was questionable as well kind of thing. So. No. When, when they played it back, it was Yates. Yates couldn't keep himself on side, and he was the one who ended up getting the touch. And he did it again. They had, they had two in very quick succession. Um, that was actually when it was like the 90-plus minute, and Brees went forward, the keeper went yeah. up. Um, and he actually took the free kick, and like rather than just lumping it straight in the box, he played that, that, that lovely little sort of ball just down the channel from the sort of getting the box. And Yates couldn't keep himself on side and just alleviated all the pressure. You know, I think he did it again about thirty seconds later, and it was just very frustrating because you know, just all you have to do is just watch the line and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, disappointing, but I, you know, I think there's times when, like my dad said, you've got to realise where we were September time and what what it looked like then, and where we are now. You know. Hopefully, hopefully it won't be this great disappointment that leads to kind of you know that I, the commentary last night was the world. It was like, oh, they're gonna be so disappointed. Oh, they're gonna be devastated. You're gonna kind of thing, and it was like, no, like the prospect of going up automatic was literally Saturday. That was when it really became like, oh, I'm gonna make lads. We might be able to do this. Yeah. And then it was snatched away again, like, you know, and it, it, you kind of think, yeah, it wasn't like we'd, we'd been there since, like, Christmas, and, and then and then we've fallen away at the last hurdle, and then we're like, oh, man, now we've got to go into the playoffs. If, if it would have been the opposite way around for Bournemouth, I think they might have struggled. Yeah, I was going to um, say the exact same thing there. It's just whether you hit one of the form teams. It's you know, it's who who do we play in the playoffs? Is it is it that kind of thing? Or does someone sneak in like Middlesbrough or Millwall? I mean, if we if we play Millwall, because that's that's the one the one the one saving grace about Forest losing last night is, and I hadn't thought about this until a couple of days ago when someone said, oh yeah, do you know who manages Millwall? 
it's like, oh, who? Oh, it's Gary Rowett who played for Derby most of his career and for whatever reason absolutely detests Forrest. And they're like, do you want that guy to be in control whether we go up or not? Because he, if they need to concede four goals to, to make sure that Bournemouth went up, they concede five. You know, it, it, it was just like, it kind of like, oh man, yeah, I haven't even thought about that side of it kind of thing. So, yeah, you kind of guarantee if it got to half-time, it's like, oh yeah, we can't we can't get into the playoffs, lads. Right, just let, let five in so that Boris can't go up kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's all kind of suspicious and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, disappointing, but kind of, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. That's about a month away. <laughs> <laughs> so cast your mind back a little while when I was saying that weird things happen with weird games and weird scores um, there's only one person that got any points out of this game as like a little condolences sort of thing and weirdly, the reason they got points from this game is because they picked themselves to score a goal. So congratulations, Matt. You're the only person to get a point. Just just the one point because you picked yourself to score and you did indeed score. Um, something that I didn't mention before we went into this game was the fact that um, we had... Points on the board. Uh, Matt was bringing up the rear with one point. I was next in line with two. And Paul and Stu were battling it out for first place. However, with Matt being the only person to get a point. Now, me and Matt are battling it out for last place. And Paul and Stu battled it out for first. So that is that, is that week done. Before we move on to any news and or previews we will have to take a small break because technology is against us so we'll be back momentarily and we'll kick straight back up two ticks recording in progress and just like that they were back so um where do you want to go where do you want to take it now do you want to go down a news route or do you want to take it down predictions well, we might as well go. So obviously, we're at the we're at the, the the final corner, so to speak. So we might as well do the predictions for the final two games of the season. Why not three? I hear you ask. Why not three? Why not three? Well, all will become um, clear in a moment. But yes, we'll do the um, we'll do the predictions for the last two games, and then we'll we'll get onto some news and, and happenings and whatnot. I was going to go with the same sort of thing. Why is there two? Why is there not three games? Um, the reason for that is because Hull City play Nottingham Forest. Ooh, a little podcast derby action. Unfortunately, that makes it a little difficult for who goes first or last. Um, but I tell you this much, Paul, you're up for picks. So, Hull City, Nottingham Forest. So, as as we discussed briefly on the podcast before the break, um, 
Forrester in a bit of a less than less than decent situation in regard fitness of certain players. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they they make wholesale changes to this one to give the players a chance at having a rest ahead of the next game, which will be, I'd imagine, towards the end of next week, potentially. Uh, I had a look earlier, and there are no games listed for, like, a week. Like, yeah, I, looked, so what, I looked a week so, in advance, and there was nothing. Well, if, if we take the League One playoffs into, into sort of account, so their season finished on Saturday, the first semi-final is tomorrow night and then the second one is on Friday and then the, the the subsequent legs I imagine will be sort of Tuesday Wednesday next week um let's have a look Forrest tweeted them the, tweeted them or put them on Facebook the other day no not on Thursday either, so there must be Friday, Saturday potentially. Can't find it. Can't find it. I, I seem to think from memory. I think they've done them historically. I think Friday, Saturday, and then it's like I see because I remember going to a uh, an actual second leg on like the Wednesday night the following week. Back in those heady days when shit like that used to happen to us. <laughs> Um, they're actually they're not listed so I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I've gone all the way through to Tuesday the 17th of May so I can't see a situation where they're not going to be that quick either way you'd imagine they'd have at least a sort of a four or five day turnaround between the, the last game on the 7th and then the first leg of the playoff semi-final um, so I think yeah as, as Forrest have got locked in the, the, they can only finish third or fourth so they're guaranteed the home leg of the playoffs second so there really isn't any sort of there's no benefit to them risking any of the players so you'd imagine anyone that's like playing in a position where they've literally got that person so I imagine they won't risk Colback as he's the only guy who can play left back at the minute he won't play um, you'd like to think they won't play Surridge if he's carrying a knock um, and they're basically just drafting anyone they've got in the under 23 squad to play so I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes down as a either. In fact, I'm going to go for a nil-nil, um, just because it's going to be a strange. I think it's going to be a bit of a strange game. Um, players you've never seen before. You'd imagine that Hull probably use it to to have a look at some of the fringe players as well. Maybe some of the ones that the, the manager's not too not too sure about whether he wants to keep for the squad for next season. So yeah, just to be down for a nil-nil. It's going to be like six all or something, isn't it? It's going to be an absolutely <laughs> See, I, I, did the, uh, I did the classic podcast manoeuvre. I went, well, both of these guys are in the room, the virtual room as it is. So one apiece. And I picked my two favourite players, from one from each team. So we've got uh, KLP scoring for Hull. Obviously, from what you've said, he's absolutely not going to play. And uh, Johnson scoring for Forrest. Absolutely won't play, but hey, that's what I've got. So, the way I've decided to do this is in the way it's 
the way it's written. So stew, it's up to you to go next. Okay. Um, I can see what Paul's saying, and there is a lot of sense to it, but I think that it would be remiss not to mention just how much form does have an impact on the playoffs in general. And I think the toss-up will be resting players where he's forced to do so, but also then wanting to keep it like momentum going into the playoffs. So I, I, Surridge, for me, I think would be, what if he is carrying a knock, would definitely be one to rest. But I think I think Johnson will will play even if it's only for maybe sixty five minutes or something. So I have gone with Hull nil, Forest one, with Johnson. Okay. Plus um, as well, Johnson hasn't by his own records this season, which haven't been too shabby. He hasn't scored for a little while, so. Getting him hot just before the playoffs would be a nice little Brucey bonus for Forrest. There we go, you see. Matt, what do you think is going to go down? So I think I think that the issues will come with the fact that I think Forrest will rest more players in defence. That That's where I think so. McKen- both McKenna and Cook have come back recently from Knox. And Steve oh. Cook last night... I mean, we, I, I kind of mentioned, meant to mention this during the thing. Not only, not only did he take a horrific head injury where he was bleeding basically for the rest of the match, it then came out after the match that his dad had had a cardiac arrest before the game and had to be revived by paramedics. And then he put that performance in. You know, like, it's mental. Like, I think you kind of think, like, if anything happens to, like, my family like that, I wouldn't be able to go to work tomorrow, let alone like an hour later be playing professional football with with those high stakes. I, yeah, I'd just be like, no, I'm I'm good, thanks. You know, you just think that's you know, there's it. it <clears throat> we'll say it, and you know, I'll sit here and sulk about football for you know for the past twenty four hours, but it don't really matter, you know. And obviously, the health of his dad. You know, it's way more important than Nottingham Forest Football Club. But he's only played for since Christmas. And the other club he played for for 10 years and was club captain. And I, it was just like when I saw that, it's amazing. So so I think there's every chance that, you know, they, they perhaps rest Spence, they rest um, Colbeck, they rest, you know, um, McKenna and, and, and Cook. So the, def- the defence could look really different. Um, I think so. I think they will rest Surridge because I think that injury is a. It needs to. It needs a little bit of rest. So if they can get a week to ten days to get that rest for for that injury, I think he will also rest. Um, other players, they might just keep them going. Um, so I've gone for a two-all draw. I think it could be quite high, high scoring. Just just for the fact that it might be just a little bit disjointed. Um, so. Um, oh, let me think. Uh, Honeyman and Longman to score 
lovely stuff. Isn't it crazy that given how often he popped up in the podcast last year that Lolly is basically now a fringe player? Was it him that was the guy who got player of the season or whatever last year and was like, I'd like to thank my... Oh, no, no, it was all me. Yeah, I don't know if it was last season or if it was a couple of seasons ago, but he definitely tweeted out. So, you know, Billy Big Stones and stuff like that. I think it was a bit of a joke kind of thing, but he's he's had a really... He's had a bad... Ever since he won that award, he's had terrible luck with injury. It's just been, like, injury after injury and then... I think he like got a virus thing, but it's like a virus that knocks you out for like, not like, what is it, mono or what whatever mono is kind of over here. Something, but not that, but something like that kind of thing, similar to what Mark Cavendish had, the cyclist. Can't think it's got a fancy name. It makes you kind of gives you fatigue and kind of makes you most susceptible to injuries and stuff like that. So he's kind of had a really bad time of it and kind of lost a lot of his confidence and. Lost a lot of his confidence in football, but lost a lot of his confidence in, in his body, um, as it were. <laughs> so there we go. That is Hull City versus Nottingham Forest wrapped up. So, only one more game to talk about, and that game is Preston North End versus the Mighty Borough. Uh, Stu, why don't you set us off for this one? Uh, Preston North End won. Now, do they get in or not? Do do I do I, do I give do I give them the win and therefore the kiss of death? <laughs> oh man! I'm, either way, Paul, I'm sorry if this doesn't happen. But Middlesbrough two, and as soon as he. Fucking well owes me after I picked him so many times and then scores in the opposite games when I don't. I'm going for Watmore for one of them. And as he's well well overdue as well, the lesser spotted Johnny Housen goal. Okay. Preston. To be, you know, on target and all that. Sterling Archer to score. Fantastic. Um, I've gone. I've gone very similar to you. I think. I think Middlesbrough just need a nice win. That's that's all it needs to be. So one nil to Middlesbrough, and I have also got one of your goal scorers. What more? to score Matt I have gone for a Borough 2-1 win to really put the kiss of death on it so I've gone for Reese Jakobsen for Preston um, Balogun for Borough and Go on, Crooksy's back on form. Here we get a, get a second. Lovely stuff. Paul, how is it really going to go down? So, unfortunately for Borough, they don't have the uh, they don't have the luxury that Forest do in that they can rest players, as this is as as previously because this is must win. 
So if, if they don't win, they have absolutely no chance of getting in the playoffs. As the state of play is currently thus, Sheffield United in fifth on 72 points with a goal difference of 14. Lewin in sixth place with 72 points and a goal difference of 7. Middlesbrough 70 points with a goal difference of 12. So half the win and hope that either Sheffield United at home to Fulham don't win and Luton at home to Reading Ugh. don't win um, so obviously the, the standard the standard Borough traits have been coming out you know you can see it now Fulham Lou, uh, sorry Fulham beat Sheffield United um, Reading somehow managed to sort of like you know knock off uh, knock off uh, Luton uh, Borough winning one nil, concede a 95th minute penalty or something like that, and uh, you know draw the game and miss out on the playoffs. Um, but I will be positive, and I'll go for a two nil win. Ooh, love it, depressed. You <laughs> <laughs> and me. I'll go for Tavernier to score. Let's just put it this way. If he does, you know it's on. <laughs> um, and seems that I don't think his loan will be getting turned into a permanent contract. I'll go for a sentimental Spora goal to uh, to see him off. Obviously, if he if, if they win and get in the playoffs, then it's, he's got at least two more games. But, um, you know, uh, let's, let's just... Let's just get him. Let's just get him his goal to see him to see him, you know, into the distance nicely and stuff like that. So yes. Just two games to predict. Just two games predicted. That brings us swiftly on to what I'm sure is a, uh, a super section of the week: the news. So, what's what's newsworthy this week in the football world? Well, well, just. Just to uh, just to carry on as a, as a nice link, Paul obviously mentioned the setup there for uh, the fact that like who Luton are playing, and um, one bit that we should we should probably mention is um, Fulham Fulham won the league this last week by playing against Luton. One thing that happened just before that game, um, Luton didn't have a fit goalkeeper, so swooped in to you know. Defensive hotspot that it is, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and and took one of our goalkeepers on an emergency loan, so he was thrust straight into the mix for the uh, Fulham game, and uh, let seven goals in. So you know, cracking job there, son. Um, this is uh, Matt Ingram that we're talking about. He has had a bit of a varied run at Hull in the sense of he did all right for a bit, then we got some loan keepers in, and he lost his place, and then he got injured. So it's kind of been a bit of a downward spiral, I guess, in that regard. Um, I did actually see quite a lot of the game that he played in. It took me at least three goals down to realise. I was like, I recognise that guy because I didn't see the squad beforehand. And you know that if you if you've ever watched a penalty shootout in your life, whether you've seen loads of football, whether you've seen no football, there's always that point where somebody smashes in a penalty and the keeper's gone completely the wrong way and dived and made a right hash of it. 
that was at least six out of Fulham's seven goals where he just looked like he'd never done that job before in his life. Um, so it was it was a, a granted Fulham was a, a, a difficult task, but um, it it kind of made me laugh quite a lot. But oh, we need a keeper on loan. You'd have been better off playing without a keeper. Like you might have let less goals in. But oh, um, was half caught. He'd been sat, you know been on the beach for, with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what we're going to go and play? It's considering that, that Luton have uh, have obviously got a hand in the. Uh, Middle, potentially Middlesbrough's uh, reaching of the playoffs. Um, Hull, Hull have sent their secret agent to help you out, Paul. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully that'll pay off. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the, uh, the sort of, yeah, the. Oh no, the keeper's accidentally spilt the ball into his own net in the 90th minute. Oh dear, what, what's, what's going? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was going to be my first uh, my first part of call the uh, the seven goals shipped by Lewin, which has uh, strangely enough opened the door so that not only Borough can get into the playoffs, but also Millwall, as they are three points further back um, on the playoffs. Um, but as it stands now, with a much better goal difference than Lewin, so all they need to do is all they they need Sheffield United and Lewin both to lose. Um, or one of the other to lose, and they also need Borough to not win. What What's nuts is before when you were reading out the standings, and you, I think you said Sheffield United have the same same points with a goal difference of fourteen, and then Luton now have seven. So technically, they weren't exactly the same before that game. <laughs> it's insane, yeah. it's crazy insane. times. Um, but what will be will be, and we'll and we'll see, and obviously we'll reconvene next week, and fingers crossed we'll have. We'll have some delicious games to look forward to, potentially even a Middlesbrough Forest uh, playoff semi-final. Who knows? Um, other than that, um, the game is still ongoing. Again, not to date the podcast, but from a European perspective, um, England already has one team <laughs> in the Champions League final, which is Liverpool, who uh, took care of business against Villarreal last night. Um, and... Currently, it's looking like a one-team one only from an English perspective in the Champions League final as Real Madrid are currently beating Man City 3-1, 6-5 on aggregate with about 30 seconds to play. Um, yeah, interesting. But it would, um, it would mean that Liverpool are probably a step closer to potentially winning all four trophies, which if it happens would be an absolute disaster for uh, English football. The world. <clears throat> Sorry, the game has not finished and it. Real Madrid are into the final. There you go. Any other exciting news going on? Um, I think if, if, if listeners cast their minds back to it a couple of weeks ago, uh, we mentioned the Maradona shirt going up for auction. Do you know something? This was mentioned to me by the stats mistress earlier this evening. I was like, we've already covered that. But then I was like, hang on a minute, did we? Or did we just mention that it was going up? But yeah, she she was like, I've got something for your football podcast. Hang on, did, 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 did you take it or did you? I, I mean, I saw, I, she told me what the, what the finishing number was. Yeah, so um, despite a last-minute plea from Argentina, 
to, to for, for them not to sell the shirt. Um, it was sold today for seven point one million pounds, um, which is what I think when when we talked about it, it was four million. It was going to go for four, so obviously three point one million more than the asking price. So Steve Hodge, who shall we say played at a less than less played at a less profitable time of football, has now kind of got you know kind of life changing money there really for someone who's probably in his like well into his sixties now. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So seven point one million for the Maradona shirt. Um, other thing that I've got is um, when I've been been on my indoor trainer bike thing. I've been watching the Gaza documentary on the BBC, which is really, really good, really interesting. Um, apart from the bit in the FA Cup final against Forest, where he definitely should have been sent off twice. He should have been sent off twice. Um, but yeah, is it is it that weird sort of situation where if he'd have gone for the first challenge, he wouldn't have made the second one and therefore ruined his career? I mean, like, I, the first challenge was, I, I've seen them in Jackie Chan movies, would be uh, would be kind of thing, the boot to Gary Parker's chest is awful, would be the kind of, would be the kind of thing, it's, it's a terrible, terrible challenge, and he probably should have gone for that one, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he should, uh, yeah, the second challenge, the second challenge is awful as well, it, but yeah, the, the doc, but the documentary is really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm only one episode through, but, but if you if you're a fan of Gaza, which I am, was kind of thing, um, it's worth going to watch. It's quite interestingly done because it's not done. <clears throat> it's not a um, like a getting talking heads in to talk about him then as such. It's all done through footage through his life. So it's kind of like quite, it's kind of like different kind of things from shows and stuff like that, kind of like a a real time respect, retrospective kind of thing. It's quite, it's quite an interesting kind of, it's quite an interesting documentary. It's quite very well put together. Um, and if you're a Gaza fan, it's really quite interesting. Nice. Um, one thing that's been pretty much nailed on for the past well, let's say 35 weeks, shall we say, was confirmed on Saturday as well, uh, was that Norwich were the first team to be relegated from the Premier League, so we'll join the Championship party next season. So Stu gets to uh, look forward to Norwich coming to the uh, MKM Stadium at least next season. Brilliant. Look at that, they'll, probably be joined, they'll probably be joined by Watford this, this week. Um as they need to win all of their remaining games, and that's statistically unlikely. Um, from an opposite perspective, uh, the play, uh, the promotion spots were sewn up in the in League One, and Wigan and making their usual making their um, what what should we say twenty four month cycle complete. Rotherham have bounced back to the Championship. So they, they are the Fulham of League One and the Championship. We're basically going to be sitting here in a year's time talking about the fact that Rotherham have, you know, 
fought valiantly to try and stay in the championship yet have been consigned to another season of League One football. Is is there just a conspiracy that actually them and Barnsley are just the same club and they just swap league? Everybody? Both wear red. Both yeah. wear red. Both South Yorkshire. Both probably sound the same. I, I, I don't know. The, the, uh, <laughs> careful, careful. The, uh, <laughs> the evidence is just mounting up. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, so. The, and the playoffs for League One uh, will mean that one of MK Dons or Wickham and Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday will be coming up. Um, the Sheffield Wednesday-Sunderland game is ridiculous because it's probably the only recorded time in probably even playoff history where the combined attendance for both games will be over 45,000. Which is absolutely insane. Um, Without outside of Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland, everybody else is thinking, "Come on, Wickham! Come on, Wickham!" That's the <laughs> only team out of those four that I want to go up because the MK Dons can go and get stuffed. Uh, they're, they're, they're top of the get stuffed list, and then you know Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday. It's just funny now that they're both down there. It's 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 one of those weird things where like regardless of what happens in the other game, that's that's the bigger game of the two, and obviously one of those giants is going to have to suffer another another season in League One. Um, but the Wickham one's strange for me because obviously when they got promoted, it was during the COVID season and they got into the playoffs on a points per game basis, even though they'd actually finished the season in something like. Nth, but because they ended up because they had to end the season early, they basically sort of got in on on a default basis, and a lot of the other teams in League One were not happy. Um, so a bit of a bit of a strange one, but it is what it is. Um, the only the only other thing I had um, was uh, was kind of linked to the Bournemouth Forest game from last night, and was. A good news story linked with Bournemouth um, and was the news that their um, their player David Brooks had announced that he's now um, free of, of cancer and has gone into remission. I think it was leukaemia that he had, and that he'd had to stop playing to, to undertake treatment for leukaemia, but he's now um, been able to say he's cancer free. So that's, uh, that's good. That's good news and obviously... He's, he'll be able to uh, celebrate with a place in the Premier League next season. So, well done. Well done for beating it, David. Let's, uh, let's hope he's back on the pitch sooner rather than later. Anything else from news? Any other business? Anything like that? Going on, the pro- the, going on the promotion and relegations things, obviously Oldham got relegated. I think it was either this weekend or the weekend before. They are the first Premier League team to be relegated out of the Football League. That, that was just a, quite a drop. That was a bit of a strange one as well because their fans tried to get the end of the game cancelled. So yeah. they sort of basically invaded the pitch in about the 80th minute uh, to protest at the ownership of the club. Um, the, the ref obviously took all the players off the pitch um, whilst they could get everything sorted out. And then held them back in the dressing room for an unspecified amount of time 
and then there was uh, videos from actually inside one of the stands where some of the some of the supporters had congregated in like one of the bars or the um, uh, corporate hospitality sections, and in a, in in a means to get the game finished, they came and boarded up the outside windows so that the view so that the fans inside the stadium couldn't view the game so they could play out the last 10 or 15 minutes so the game could be finalised and official. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like um, a, bit of a, a, bit of a bit of a terrible situation ongoing at Oldham at the minute. Not very good owners, not an awful lot of um, transparency with the uh, with the supporters group, so there's a lot of things to sort out there, unfortunately. Shame. Anything else? No, lots of shaking heads. Well, that is, uh, that is bringing the podcast to a close, and it's also bringing the season... Near to a close, we've got playoffs coming up. When we don't know, but they are coming up, so stay tuned for those delightful times. Um, if you made it this far, thank you very much for joining us, joining me, joining these gentlemen. Thank you to you, gentlemen, for taking me and these lovely people through the sometimes murky waters of the football world. Join us. Probably next week to talk at least the games that we predicted this week. Talk about the season as a whole. Talk about hopes and dreams for the clubs, and uh, yeah, any any sort of any news that's come out at the back end of the season. That's it for this one, and we shall all see you next time. Goodbye. So there you go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone, another week of games to come, but not many more. So do stay tuned for playoff football. And, uh, well, that's going to be it for a little while. So uh, see out the season with us. Before you go, if you haven't already, please do consider liking, sharing, subscribing, commenting. And if you've got a second or two, you could leave us a review. Tell us how much you love the podcast. Because it really does help the podcast. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got some social media links, email button. You can get in touch with us in all kinds of ways. So that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then.